And so to Tasmania, where if you saw the report on 7.30 ABC television this week, there is more on the way of putting oxygen in depleted water and how it can save so many fish that otherwise may die. Alexandra de Blas reports. In May last year, scientists at the University of Tasmania published an alarming report on the endangered Morgian skate. The population in Macquarie Harbour on Tasmania's west coast had halved over seven years and its juveniles were not surviving. The main cause of the skate's decline and its future threat is low levels of dissolved oxygen. This is compounded by weather events pushing waters very low in oxygen into the skate's habitat and killing large numbers of animals. The scientists called for immediate action. This is the most endangered shark array species anywhere in the world, and it would be one of the first cases that we know of, of a marine large vertebrate fish going extinct. Dr David Moreno is an expert on the Morgian skate and a senior research fellow at the University of Tasmania's Institute for Marine and Antarctic Studies, known as IMAS. He co-authored the skate report that raised the alarm. It is the only skate species in the world of about 400 that we know that lives its life exclusively in brackish waters. It has a very restricted range. It lives in only very particular places in the west coast of Tasmania. And that means that it's probably the shark or ray species in the world with the smallest distribution anywhere. Most skates are quite similar in shape, but this particular one has the same flat body like a stingray. But what's different about it is that it actually has a very pointy snout. And it has a very dark brown coloration that matches the tanning water of Macquarie Harbor really well. It's, it's fascinating, and we keep learning more and more about them, for example, with our little hatchlings. We now know that, even more so than other species, they have little legs in their pelvic fins that they use to walk around the seafloor. These are just the really young ones? Uh, no, 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 all of them do it. This form of locomotion, but these guys do it a lot. And on top of that, there's also a lot under the hood that you cannot see that is quite unique to these animals. They can cope with conditions in low dissolved oxygen or changes in salinity in ways that other species would not even dream of. So it's pretty spectacular. Macquarie Harbour is a complex and enormous body of water. It's six times the size of Sydney Harbour. And the Tasmanian Wilderness World Heritage Area covers a third of it. While it looks stunning, Macquarie Harbour is far from pristine. It has a legacy of over 100 million cubic metres of mine waste in its sediments, and acid mine drainage is an ongoing source of heavy metal pollution. More recently, aquaculture has added high nutrient loads while hydro dams on the King and Gordon rivers have changed the way fresh water flows into the harbour. Associate Professor Jeff Ross leads the IMAS project examining the environmental interactions of aquaculture and has published many papers on Macquarie Harbour. It's highly stratified, so it's got a huge influence from the Gordon River in particular, so it's got this really thick freshwater layer that sits over the top of it that's full of tannin, so it's quite dark on the top, and then it's got marine water underneath it. I think one of the key characteristics of Macquarie Harbour, it's a bit of a bathtub in shape, that it's got a really 
narrow, shallow entrance to the ocean. So that means that the water that comes in and sits in the bottom, it can sit there for a long time. The fresh water moves along the top and goes out to the ocean, but that water sits down there in the bottom. And that's why Macquarie Harbour naturally has quite low dissolved oxygen levels in the bottom waters because of that unique feature. You've been working in Macquarie Harbour for many years now. Dissolved oxygen rapidly started to decline in 2009. Can you paint me a picture of what happened and how it's evolved? We noticed from about 2009 through to sort of 2012 and 13, that's where we've seen the major decrease. We saw a few things. If we think about oxygen in the bottom waters as being basically a bank balance, so it's a balance between demand, so the things that consume oxygen, and what supplies oxygen, so things like wind and waves. And we also understand that a lot of the oxygen that comes into the system comes in from the ocean. Bits of plant and organic material that consumes oxygen when it falls down there. And then you add the salmon industry, which adds a lot of nutrients to the water, excess feed and feces that go to the bottom. So the salmon farming added an extra demand. In two major weather events that turned over the harbour's waters in 2019, the IMAS Morgian Skate project lost 44% of its tagged animals. Surveys in 2021 showed that the population had declined by 47%. David Moreno. The relative abundance has halved. So it could be around 1,000 animals, could be as low as 500, could be a few more. But the reality is that it doesn't really matter what the actual number is. It's the only existing population. There's no margins get anywhere else in the world. And when you lose half of your population in just a few years, that's just not attainable. Late last year, a captive breeding program was established with $4.2 million from the federal and state governments. Four adults gate and 50 eggs were captured from the harbour in mid-December, but two adults died within weeks. Professor Jason Sammons leads the IMAS project, and despite the losses, he's positive about the potential of the captive breeding program. Being trapped in Macquarie Harbour for tens of thousands of years means that there's no diversity in the population. When you do genetics, it's virtually impossible to find any difference between animals. And so that means it'll get to a point, if the numbers get low enough, that breeding just won't be successful. That's what happens when you, you have no genetic diversity. So, yeah, it's got a lot of natural things against it and then changes of habitat has then put even more pressure on it. Low levels of dissolved oxygen are a key threat. How does it impact the skate itself and those egg cases on the harbour floor? The eggs on the floor can't use behaviour to escape low levels of oxygen. They take about seven months to develop. They're a closed egg and then about halfway through the development they open up. Now that's the danger zone. When they open, they'll take water in from the outside and if that is very low oxygen, then that is going to affect their development. In terms of the adults, we've done physiology experiments looking at their tolerance of lower levels of oxygen and they are quite tolerant, but their strategy is the equivalent of holding your breath. They basically will go into anaerobic metabolism. They're very tolerant, but we've got beyond their tolerance levels now. Luke Martin is CEO of Salmon Tasmania, the lobby group that represents the billion-dollar salmon industry in Tasmania. The industry was 
pioneered effectively Macquarie Harbour nearly 40 years ago and one of the major reasons was, was because of the nature of the waterway. It's a protected water space but also the fjord has got layers of you know, deep ocean water and fresh water on top and anyone knows anything about aquaculture activities, particularly salmon, they need to clean their gills and the nature of having that fresh water layer means they're able to do it naturally. 40 years later it's still a very efficient and very low risk way of undertaking aquaculture in the harbour. What we have seen evolve over the decades is a structure around Macquarie Harbour transport network, feed mills that have been created in the northwest of the state on the basis that Macquarie Harbour is part of the network. And certainly if you were to remove aquaculture from the harbour, it would concentrate in the southeast of the state where the growth is and where the majority of the industry is. And that would have not just an impact on Strawn, which would be quite catastrophic in terms of that community, but have a flowing impact across the region. The biomass of salmon farming gradually increased in Macquarie Harbour from 2007. In 2012, the federal government gave permission to triple the fish biomass to 29,000 tonnes. But this level was never reached. At peak production in 2014-15, serious problems emerged. Large dead zones formed around the cages. White dorvillid worms multiplied, an indicator of low oxygen, and thick bacterial mats extended for kilometres inside the World Heritage Area. Finally, in 2018, the Tasmanian government brought the stocking rate back to pre-expansion limits, but only after Francis Bender, co-owner of Huon Aquaculture, one of the three salmon farming companies on the island, took the state government and two other companies to the Supreme Court. So what does 9,500 tonnes of salmon and trout look like? I spoke with Christine Kokenauer, co-chair of the Tasmanian Independent Science Council and founder of the award-winning Derwent River Estuary Program. There's 10 leases currently in Macquarie Harbour. Each of these leases would probably have somewhere in the order of 15 to 25 pens. These are 168-metre circumference pens, which are some of the largest pens in the world and extend to a depth of somewhere in the order of 20 metres. So at a stocking rate of 15 kilograms per cubic metre, which is the required maximum stocking level, that equates to about 90,000 five-kilogram fish per pen. So you multiply that times 15 to 25 pens per lease, times 10 leases, and you have a hell of a lot of fish. And these fish, they're breathing, they're excreting, there's feed that's unused that also falls to the bottom of the harbour. And they put a significant oxygen demand onto the system. The scale of fish farming in Macquarie Harbour, if you translate it into the sewage produced by a city of a given size, would be somewhere in the order of a million people. That is a lot of waste going into a system. That's every year, and that's at the reduced amount now. It used to be more than double that. Correct. What do you think should happen now? Our feeling is that the scale of farming is too big for the harbour. We believe that it should be reduced, that the pens need to be removed from the harbour and the harbour fallowed until there's clear evidence that a recovery is in progress. That is the fastest and most direct way to achieve that. But to fallow that system would have huge social and economic ramifications for this small coastal community. So there are ramifications, and those obviously need to be addressed. We feel the time has really come that a transition strategy needs to be clearly articulated 
and implemented for the community there. There's many industries around the world that are no longer sustainable, and transition strategies are needed to move those to new and better jobs, actually. But what would that look like? You could trial land-based salmon farming. There's a huge amount of investment in that globally. You could consider abalone farming on land, seaweed, rock lobster. There's a whole range of different species that could make use of the relatively cool, clean water offshore instead of putting the waste into a very restricted, oxygen-poor system such as Macquarie Harbour. So you're basically suggesting continue with aquaculture, but do it on land near Macquarie Harbour. That's certainly a solution that should be looked at and promoted both at the state level and the national level. When the IMAS scientists released their new information on the skate last year, three environmental groups independently wrote to Federal Environment Minister Tanya Plibersek to trigger a review of the federal government's 2012 decision. Eloise Carr is the Tasmanian Director of the Australia Institute. There's this opportunity in our national environmental law where when a decision has been made, if new evidence becomes available about the impacts of an activity on a matter of national environmental significance, that you can request that that decision be reviewed. What response or what outcome are you seeking from the Federal Minister? Salmon farming is clearly having an unacceptable impact on a matter of environmental significance and the Federal Environment Minister should make a decision that recognises that. As the conservation advice of the Federal Government says, salmon farming should either be eliminated or significantly reduced in Macquarie Harbour. The conservation advice from the government recommended removing salmon and or a technological solution like the Macquarie Harbour Oxygenation Project. Isn't the Australia Institute being a little bit misleading in suggesting that removing salmon is the only option? Not at all. I think you're referring to the summary. When you actually read the details of the conservation advice of the federal government, it is crystal clear that salmon farming is having the most impact on the Morgian skate and the water quality, the dissolved oxygen levels in Macquarie Harbour. It's been identified in the threats analysis as having a likely catastrophic impact on the Morgian skate. And it's clearly identified as the number one priority action, which is marked urgent before this summer to either eliminate or significantly reduce biomass of fish farming in the harbour. Management of hydroelectric flows is also identified as a threat that's potentially catastrophic. It's clearly identified as a secondary threat, as is gill netting and climate change. And the primary threat is salmon farming. So you want that to end immediately? We think that's the only way for the Morgian skate to have a chance of surviving. Two of the four Morgian skate that were taken from the wild into the captive breeding program have died. So that means clearly we have to try harder to actually keep the species going in its natural habitat and Macquarie Harbour is the only natural habitat for the skate. Salmon Tasmania's Luke Martin is comfortable with the current level of 9,500 tonnes. We're not going to give it sacrifice industry on the basis of pressure from activist groups. 
what we'll do is follow the science, follow our regulators, but also try and actually be constructive and make a positive contribution to securing the underlying issue, which is the harbour's environment and secure the skate. The industry has put now um, around four to six million dollars into this oxygenation project. That's been done very quickly. There's no other industry and there's no government agency that could have done that as quickly as we have. So it's a pretty clear indication that we want to be there for the long haul. We want to support the harbour. We recognise we're having an impact on it. But we also believe that the appropriate way here is to work through those challenges, not just kick us out. Jeff Ross from IMAS is leading the Macquarie Harbour Oxygenation Project. The system will be powered by diesel, run from a barge owned by Tassal, stationed near a Huon Aquaculture lease, with Petuna running the day-to-day operations. The system will draw up water from the lower levels of the harbour, inject it with oxygen nanobubbles and return it to the same depth. Once in full swing, the barge will have the capacity to inject five tonnes of oxygen per day. Our estimates would put salmon farming waste contributes in the order of 10 to 20 tonnes per day of oxygen demand in that water column. Up above the respiration, I guess that's reoxygenated that water column, but down below it's about 10 to 20 tonnes of the 4,000 tonnes around about that's sitting there. So it's a relatively small amount, but it's there every day. If there's nothing putting oxygen in the bank for a year, then salmon farming becomes really quite significant. But if the natural environment's putting oxygen in, then it can dwarf the consumption of oxygen. So, for instance, this summer we've had quite a big recharge, which is likely to have put in 500 to 1,000 tonnes in the last month or two. So how significant farming is depends on how much the natural environment is putting in at the same time. So I suppose it comes down to limits. Everything can be hunky-dory and then all of a sudden you're in a restricted environmental situation and that's when the damage can be done in terms of losses of animals like skate or other marine creatures. Absolutely. So the industry are fully acknowledging their contribution to the oxygen demand and that contribution to the decline. What the industry can be doing is be responsible for their own contribution. So this oxygen trial is about seeing if if this technique that's been proven overseas can offset that demand that salmon aquaculture has. The Independent Science Council is not convinced. Christine Kokenau. We have some real concerns about that because it is at a scale that is untested globally. I mean, Macquarie Harbour is a huge system compared to the other examples that have been given. It has much lower oxygen levels over a much larger volume of water. For example, the Swan Canning, which is being held up as the example, is probably about one eight hundredth of the size of Macquarie Harbour in terms of the amount of oxygen that needs to be injected and the area that needs to be treated. By comparison, Macquarie Harbour is just a completely different scale. Similarly, Savannah River, another very large reoxygenation project in the United States, possibly about a third the size of Macquarie Harbour in terms of volume. That project took over 10 years to design and implement, and the cost is extremely high. I think it's over $150 million to construct that project and somewhere in the order of 3 to $5 million a year to run it. So the costs are also a question, even if it could be done, and there's a lot of risks that need to be addressed around, is it even feasible? But even if it could be implemented, 
who would pay for it? How much would it cost? One frustrating thing we've found is very, very little public information. It's really difficult to get our heads around. Is this an offset or is this a remediation project? Is the goal to save the Mojian skate or are there other purposes as well? You're suggesting we should remove the salmon straight away. Others say, let's wait and see how well the Macquarie Harbour oxygenation project goes and its potential before we deconstruct everything. I think the issue with waiting is that even if the deoxygenation project or the modification of flows or a lot of these things are successful in the long term, they will take time to set up. Getting the oxygen into the water in a short period of time to a level that's really going to make a difference, I think, is very debatable. The salmon is the most direct way to remove oxygen demand in the short term. These other projects, they might accelerate that response in the system, which would be great. The faster we can get oxygen back into the system, the better. But I think to hold out the hope of we're going to solve this problem with an oxygenation project is extremely optimistic. Jeff Ross from IMAS says the oxygenation project is taking a very considered approach. Macquarie Harbour is unique, so we've been doing modelling and we're satisfied that the saturated water will stay at depth and it'll spread and dilute fairly quickly. How much distance do you think that oxygen can travel? We're expecting from this plant that we may be able to detect it for a couple of kilometres in the main current directions. We're doing a trial, we're going to do it in baby steps and we're going to measure the ecosystem response. So we're going to look at the metals to make sure they're not coming out of solution. We're going to look at nutrients. We're going to look at the oxygen levels and the salinity levels, fish utilisations, just to make sure that it's safe and efficient and then we'll slowly ramp up that oxygenation trial so that the trial itself, that barge and the system that the industry have got, has the capacity to deliver up to five tonnes per day. And of course, you can add more barges or more points. But firstly, we want to understand that it's safe. We want to understand that it's working and the oxygenation is staying at depth. And then we also want to understand what's the most effective way of adding into the system. Do we have one big system where we pump it from one location or do we have lots of little systems throughout the harbour? This is the most endangered shark array species anywhere in the world. And the reality is that environmental degradation in coastal areas is something that is happening not only in Macquarie Harbour, but in several areas. So we see it as a canary in a coal mine for a lot more. It really is a bit of a litmus test towards our ability to face these challenges of environmental degradation and save this incredibly unique species. Because this is the first of many, unfortunately, with changing climate conditions and continued human activity in coastal areas that that are coming. So this is a small semi-enclosed system. So we have a bit more control over conditions. And yes, it will be a good first test about what we can do when we come together to work and whether we can actually stave off things like extinction. That report by Alexandra de Blas in Tasmania. Production for the Science Show by David Fisher. And next week, the AAAS meeting just ended in Denver, Colorado. And a neutron star, no less. I'm Robin Williams.